Part four, chapter thirty one of Martin Schuler by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part four, Schwarzwald, chapter thirty one. For nearly five months, Martin lay in his bed in a weak state, half between sleep and wakefulness. He slept nearly the whole of the time. Several times he tried to convince Wolf that he was about to die he had never been ill before sophie believed him and lived in a continual series of frights until she began to see that he knew nothing about himself and was getting better his personality during the whole of his illness seemed large vague and shadowy he seemed to spread out over the whole house and to loom up like a large shadow cast by a candle on a wall wolf liked nursing him and so did sophie after a fashion she had never done anything useful before they neither of them dreamed for a moment of letting a professional nurse into the house one day in may sophie sat sewing at the window she had put on a beautiful white muslin dress with frills edged with dark blue thread she never failed to look as exquisite as if she were attending a ball upon the back of her chair hung a large leghorn hat with dark blue silk ribbons she clothed herself well partly to please martin and partly because she could not help it from time to time she put down her sewing and looked out across the lake the water was black and still as a mirror and the day calm and beautiful sophie sighed she was thirty years old there was still ten years of good life before her life in that villa in spite of her real devotion to martin did not agree with her frequently she walked to the other side of the lake to stare at it and to stare at its reflection when she had stared she came back and sat down in it that was as near as she ever got to deep philosophical thinking to asking the question of her existence she sat sewing an undergarment more to kill time than because she liked it she was herself in the villa and she did not like it in berlin she manufactured herself out of the attitude of the many people around her and out of events here she was without people and nothing ever happened she was not very clever at conjuring something out of nothing martin turned over and spoke to her what a pretty sight sophie is am i dear one yes silence fell again they had not been on very good terms lately such terms as can exist between an ill man and a well woman had not been altogether pleasant one of them found the other a little tiresome it was impossible to say which martin spoke again sweet sophie am i very ugly no of course not do you care for me sophie put down her sewing and came to him she was moved she bent over him and played with him he seemed a child although it was thirty-four years since he had been born presently he fell asleep and again silence fell over the room sophie wanted a friend she wanted to see some other creature than the sentimental secretary who never let her do any of those things she thought essential in moments of crisis she went to the window she could see wolf in the garden tending a little rockery of alpine plants which he had put together to pass the hours when there were no letters to be written and no battles to be met wolf never fought a battle against martin he only endeavoured to keep his feet he was smoking a pipe and sophie despised him his conversation bored her terribly it was one long reminiscence the poor man had found nothing new to talk about for four years the only years of his life worth living seemed to have been those passed at cambridge the unutterable stupidity of most of his actions there made her feel white inside she had no sense of the ordinary the normal and the everyday 
wolf was ordinary and everyday his position in regard to martin was from his point of view a wonderful piece of luck actually it was a calamity it killed his personal life he sat in the grass of the garden which was hardly yet green with spring holding an alpine plant dictionary she saw him crawl on his knees and inspect the gentian finger a flowering moss stroke a saxifrage he was unable to put his knowledge to no use he was writing a little book on rock plants for amateurs with coloured photographic plates made by himself sophie got up went out of the garden window and crossed the grass to the corner where wolf and the chauffeurs had created a false moraine she wished to see the gentian she bent down beside wolf and said how are your flowers wolf looked up in delight his labours had so far passed unnoticed except by his subordinates he answered very well thank you look at the beautiful spike petals of this gentian it is a new kind from a man i know at schaffhausen he makes expeditions into the alps for the originals can you not see him alpenstock and all cried sophie with fish-basket and pressing-book like the caricatures in simplicimus picture one he sets out bids farewell to gross wife and family picture two the edelweiss and so on of course he falls down a crevasse in the end wolf laughed his friend at schaffhausen was an horticultural correspondent he had never seen him when wolf chuckled he sniggered and shook all over because he was not at all accustomed to doing it do you ever pick them said sophie that would be a very great shame he replied the plant is very delicate she felt a little sentimental this afternoon probably because the air was warm and full of the tired feeling of spring she said does he care for flowers i do not know he used to have them at berlin they looked at one another and sophie laughed there we two have been for so long and do not know any little thing about him could we not dig up that blue thing and put it in a pot she felt very affectionate towards martin and wanted to pay him delicate attentions wolf was delighted he went indoors for a bowl and quickly made a little rockery of glacier chips and sand in it for the gentian sophie held it up to her face and said it is very pretty like children they carried it indoors martin was awake will this amuse you said wolf bending over him we thought you might care for it sophie thought it was kind of wolf to include her in his speech martin took it eagerly with a boyish gesture how beautiful he said how beautiful i believe if i could lie in the midst of flowers i should recover i have always been accustomed to flowers there are never any here in this house he put the bowl beside his pillow and lay on his side for hours inspecting the very intricate arrangement of the plant this is better than one finds in switzerland he said it is an horticultural creation answered wolf later on he said that the colour of the blue filled his throat with something and that he felt madly happy inside he never wished to see anything to do with music again he wanted to lie in the garden and be happy he thought the gentian reminded him of his favourite rudy he loved everything rudy loved babette the cat mountain climbing chamois hunting and the glacier of the jungfrau he could see it now like a pale blue clouded emerald glistening in her bosom he had seen the jungfrau at night like a folded veil in the sky pure white in the moonlight and in the shadows the colours of the night sky he kept the gentian pot close to his eyes for by half shutting his eyes he could turn the bits of alpine rock into peaks and the cracks between them into ravines there was one like the matterhorn 
he thought he saw grindelwald below him over the edge of his eye as if he were lying down upon a rock high above it and looking over sophie watched him what are you playing at she said after a long time of silence my dearest said martin looking round come and look at the matterhorn he made her bend over him and put her eye down by the pot she could faintly see the mountain you darling child she said suddenly overcome with a revelation of understanding you darlingkin you martin am i your child martin turned over towards her am i yes she answered smothering him with kisses you are the dearest in the world he pulled himself up under her arms and let his cheek lie in the warmness of her neck he began to talk again how small everything is and lovely how soft like the little birds you smell sweetly to me like the sweetest honey your skin is soft like little birds feathers i think you are my nest my mother my charming mother he pushed his face closer into her arms and sighed am i too old and rough to love all your faithfulness to me how patient you have been how good i would like to put flowers round your hair darling zophie i am thirty-four am i too old to feel the sweetness of love i never knew anything so sweet and pretty as your breath i will never be cruel to you again i will always love you most tenderly my little lamb tell me i am your little one too you are my little one but martin moved in the bed i must finish those peahens my peahens must be finished your little boy is lost without them you shall you shall cried sophie who was full of tears all the shortcomings of her life were being forgiven you shall indeed finish them when he cried when i must know sophie looked wildly up for inspiration next year she answered in the spring martin believed her he lay down in bed again and turning over went to sleep with her hand in his end of part four chapter thirty one recording by expatriate in bangor maine